Hey everybody, Editing Corey here. Um, just a quick note that Holly and I didn't really address in this week's episode. Um, this episode was supposed to go up last week, um, but because of some travel plans I have and my birthday, we decided to push everything back so the schedule's a little skewed now. So we do make some reference of some time-sensitive things um, or things that would date the episode. Sorry for that. Um, life just sort of gets in the way sometimes. In any case, hang on to your seats, because here we go. What is up, everybody? Hello. Hey. Hello. I'm Corey. I'm Holly. And this is Sisters Strange. How you doing? I messed up last time. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what had happened was... What had happened was... I forgot to tell Corey <laughs> that I had to cover shifts because people went on vacation. My bad. And I'm very sad that I missed last week. Two weeks ago. Whatever. Yeah, last episode. Friendly reminder, Webb was here. Webb is a friend of mine um, from our Discord server. Not the Sister Strange Discord server. We don't have one of those. We, we're not that popular yet. No. Um, not yet. Um, but Webb is a, a dear, sweet friend. And um, I was very glad we could sit down and chit-chat and sort of go on and on and on. I was very sad I did not get to sit and chit-chat because I listened to that episode at least three times. Have you really? Yes. Oh, Um, that's fun. First time by myself, then with Ethan, and then once again to um, make my notes for this week. (laughs) Because I got them. Um, Brief notes, but still notes. Um, Yeah, I'm very sad that I didn't get to chit-chat. Yeah. So news, business. News and business. Um, recently, was that when was that? Helps if we're prepared with the news. I mean, I'm sorry if you can hear Ethan working out in the next room. The door is closed. I just hear. I just hear TV noise. <laughs> Um, so four days ago from date of, um, recording, recording, the dating game killer, uh, Rodney Alcala, uh, died in prison. Um, good riddance, first and foremost. Okay, bye. Um, okay, bye. Um, and I think one day, and, and maybe there are... One day we might cover Rodney Alcala and and his situation. Um, Jensen Holes, the Murder Squad, actually did a really really solid episode talking about Rodney Alcala. Yeah, I was actually about to mention them. They did a. I've been sort of binging a lot of Jensen Holes, the Murder Squad stuff while I'm at work. Um, I'll just be up in my little my little space doing what I gotta do, and I'll put put Billy and Paul on. Um, but they did a really thorough um, episode. Like, very thorough. Um, and with that being said, 
if you don't know the case, um, either listen to their episode or episodes. I think it was a couple. Um, but this did uh, my favorite Richard Georgia and and Karen talk about him as well. I don't remember. Did. I honestly don't think they did, but I can't it's remember. Keep track with those two. Um. Anyway, anyway. But this POS had thousands and thousands of photographs of uh, young women and young teenagers. And a lot of them still aren't identified. Mm-hmm. Um, um, his whole shtick, his whole spiel um, was that he was a photographer and you could be a model. Yep. Um, and in the, you know, mid to late 70s, that's, that was the big draw. Um, and the reason he's called the dating game killer is because he appeared on and won an episode of popular 70s TV show, The Dating Game. Um Thankfully, the young lady he was supposed to have gone out with picked up real quickly on his sort of sketchy vibes. And was like, and yeah, was no, like, I'm not going through And was said, no, thank you, um, and moved on, which, good for her. We, and isn't that how he wound up getting caught, too? Because one of his surviving victims recognized him? Maybe. Again, I'm not familiar enough with the case. Um, moment to moment. Yeah. Um, how dare you not be I know I can't I physically and emotionally cannot handle knowing everything about every true crime case yeah Um, so yeah he is deceased Um, if you're okay with it Corey I would like to um, link to the murder squad because they have a lot of those pictures up Mm -hmm. and I know we have a broad audience so if you guys show this to like your parents or your grandparents or whoever and they're like oh yeah I used to know so and so where I was in the area and you can help identify some of these people Mm. because it's not just young women it's like young teenage boys as well yeah um we can we can totally link that um what else do we got I feel like you sent me something um, I think I might have sent you something on uh, TikTok. Oh, um, have you come across the, speaking of indigenous rights and all that, uh, update on that. Canada has officially stopped counting. I did see that, um, which is. Like, I understand why, but keep those numbers going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Hawaii and the indigenous people of Hawaii are running into a little bit of a problem themselves. Um, I'll see if I can refine the TikTok, but I guess some big corporation is trying to sell off various sacred lands to make a five acre parking lot. You can't you see, see me that? shaking. I did see that. <laughs> and you can't see me shaking my head yeah. in utter disappointment. Um, so there are a whole bunch of petitions and things like that. Um, also arguments if Hawaii is even a state. That's been a thing. Um, again, maybe the history of Hawaii is a thing we need to cover at one point or another. Yeah. Maybe maybe Alaska and Hawaii need to be an episode for us. Um, oh, Absolutely. Because 
both are so um, rich in their own culture and history. Yeah. And I know, at least for Hawaii, the annexation of that territory is problematic at at best. Yeah. Um, so we may need to explore that a little bit. Um, and just very briefly, um, I'm a giant metalhead. No surprise to anyone. One of the founding members of Slipknot, Joey Jordanson, unfortunately passed away uh, last night um, at 46. Rest in power, my dude. Um, he was an amazing drummer. He inspired a lot of other people to be amazing drummers. So, very sad. I found out and I cried this morning. It was great. But... Let's get into my notes. You want to get started? Let's get into my notes. Okay. So, you guys talked about creepy Easter eggs or rumors found in video games. Yes? We did. We did. Two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. One of those... I have three particular ones that I'm going to talk about, and then one add-on that you guys didn't mention. Mm-hmm. So... The Shadow of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Because um, because you're such a PC gamer and I'm the exact opposite. I'm a console gamer. I'm very familiar with this game and I love it. I actually recently replayed the remastered edition and it's gorgeous. But um, so that 17th Colossus was actually rumored to be on top of the church quote. Um, where your girlfriend was hanging out. On top of that temple? Yeah. Um, also, Shadow of the Colossus did have a sequel. A spiritual successor. Nope, this is a direct sequel. Shadow of the Colossus 2, Electric Boogaloo? No, Eco or Ico, depending on who you talk to, is a direct sequel to Shadow of the Colossus. Um... Spoiler, if any of you haven't played it, I know you don't particularly are ever going to play it, but at the end of the game, you defeat all the Colossus, you actually start to become this horrible monster thing to save your girlfriend. You kind of wind up dying, but you don't die. You get reincarnated. Okay. And you're a baby. With horns. Legit. In Eco, you play a boy who has horns, who is trying to escape a prison because you weren't supposed to exist. Mm -hmm. Both are absolutely phenomenal games. If you ever get a chance to play them, absolutely do it. uh, Eco is disgustingly difficult. It's gross and difficult. Also, um, that was PS2 era, not PS3 throwing that out there um last guardian which was their most recent release by team Ico, is set in the same universe but it's not directly related or they haven't said it's directly related yet gotcha so that truck that truck that truck i infuriated you. you did that truck that infuriated so many people I texted you about that truck because I know things about that truck. 
That truck is literally nothing. The only reason why that truck is there was to hold pixels. Um, so the rumor said you needed surf, but you also needed strength to move the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so that truck is actually in two parts. So there's a set of pixels for the front end and then a set of pixels for the back end. The only reason why it's there, or at least that I have heard from multiple sources, um, mostly YouTubers, and I think there was a Kotaku before they went to crap, um, was that the developers were having an issue after the SSN sailed away with the game crashing. So they put something that had a few extra pixels and for some reason that fixed it okay i'm not a game developer i don't understand how this works that's just what i've heard but you can't do anything with it um but yeah in newer iterations of the game you can push it and there's items and stuff underneath it never a pokemon but still um that was so infuriating that's stupid truck (laughs) I remember because I didn't care about the truck. I was just excited to be playing the game. You had to nitpick everything. Not nitpick, but if you tell me there's something there and there's not, I'm going to get frustrated. So Webb mentioned one of their favorite games being Luigi's Mansion. That is pretty much Webb's favorite game, yes. But they didn't mention one of the more famous glitches. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Luigi hanging glitch? Is that really a glitch? Or is it more like a lighting? It's it's definitely a lighting a and a texture issue, like a, but it became such a lighting moment. But it became such a big thing. Can I remember thinking about it while we were talking about it? Um, but it became such a big thing though, because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's hanging. No, he's not. So, the thing is, if you go up into the attic, um, you, there's a phone, it rings, you answer it, nobody's there. Um, depending on where you're standing, mm-hmm. lightning will flash and your shadow appears. Um, sometimes when your shadow appears, it has the illusion of Luigi hanging. It became a really big thing, and I'm like, but it's not. It's just a, like, layering issue. Right. Um, and finally, you guys didn't mention the Game Boy printer. No, because we never had one. No. Um, I don't know that Web ever had one either. But it's one of those things get, that gets mentioned a lot on lists like that. Mm-hmm. So the Game Boy printer... Me and Corey never had one. I don't remember when it came out. Forgot to look that up. My bad. So how it would work is you would hit run and it would all bring up the software and you could do all these cool things with it. Um, however, there was always a random chance that if you hit run, a random face would appear on the screen with creepy music saying, who are you running from? And the United States had three random faces uh japan had two additional to the three that we had um i'm assuming they're developers um but it was just weird i'm like i 
think I do remember seeing something about that. I I don't recall it being mentioned as frequently. It's definitely creepy. Like right, it's I just don't know that creepy. it's. Yeah, it's not mentioned as frequently. I do remember being it being on one of the Tats Tops videos. I don't remember which one. Right. But I do remember seeing it. Um, but yeah, those are my notes. Yeah. I wrote down my entire script this week <laughs> because I was doing it on break at work. And I'm like, so if you hear page turning, I'm sorry. Um, okay. I'm going to let you go first this week. Okay. Because I have much more content than you do. You have a lot. I um, do have a lot. There's a lot to unpack. You do. I'm going to really quickly bring up YouTube so I can send you. I think I already sent you what I needed to. I don't recall. Hold on. Let me see. That's okay. I want these No, two. I did. I sent I it to you. These two. Okay. Um. So I guess we should tell them what we're like our overall topic. Because guys, this is an episode where we're doing separate stories, but we have the same topic. We haven't done one of those like a, a theme. We haven't done yeah. one of those in a while. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's actually based off of something that you guys briefly mentioned, and we've briefly mentioned in the past that kind mm-hmm. of spawned this topic. Um, yeah. We're doing another sound episode. We are. We did a sound episode, episode three, five. Because four was missing the 411. Uh, it's an early, early episode. Two, even? I don't think it was two. It was a very long time ago. Um, but we are doing another sound-based episode. Um, we're not talking about mermaids. Not this time. No, today I'd like to explore a relatively common sound. One I'm sure we've all heard in one capacity at one point or another. Today, they often sound a warning for natural disasters. But 30 years ago, 40 years ago even, they, they could have signaled the end of the world. So oh. I am talking about civil defense, civil defense sirens, also called air raid sirens. Um, regionally, they have different names, but we are talking about the emergency alert system. I don't like it. Um, so my sources for this week are Wikipedia, Atlas Obscura, um, and a couple YouTube videos, um, by users, Blixen, B-L-I-X-X-E-N, and Ran underscore dumb videos 2.0. And I work with what I've got here. So... Largely, these civil defense sirens were designed specifically for World War One and air raids, um, and largely in response to the World War One air raids. I mean, Italy was bombing people in like 1911, um, and in 1915, London was bombed by like 15 German dirigibles. Not even like planes, blimps rigid airships um weird flex but okay right germany man um and lar and and mostly any 
public sirens or public alerts, they started as bells at the beginning of the 1900s. So it's kind of like church bells, but oh no, it's a tornado. Mm. Or oh no, it's a fire. We need the volunteer fire department. Um, early sirens were mechanical in nature. Um, and they sounded and they worked by spinning a slotted chopper wheel um, to interrupt a stream of air. So if you've ever seen Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where the little mummy kid turns the cat's tail, that's a mechanical siren. Turn handle, wheel spins, sound moves. And in World War II, or during World War II, at least in the U.S., now every country is going to have its own system and has its own history of systems. I'm going to focus mainly on the U.S. because, spoiler alert, that's where we live. Um, But I encourage everyone to do a little bit of reading up on, like, Middle Eastern air raid sirens because I don't know if if everyone's aware of this. I'm going to get a little, little political here, but the Middle East is in shambles, largely. Um, and remember, we've only just started pulling out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the residents of this country, the population of this country have been using air raid sirens, um, of their own for bombings for decades, but we are going to focus on the U S. Um, so during world war two, you had two signals. You have the alert signal and the attack signal. The alert signal is exactly what it sounds like. And it served as like the all clear as well. Um, The alert signal was a three to five minute steady tone. So three to five minutes of the same tone, solid straight through. The attack signal was three to five minutes of a warbling tone. So it had a little bit of, of movement to it. And that's really the only way I can describe sound. Um, and if the specific siren wasn't able to warble, it would, um, it would be a series of short burst tones on for eight seconds, uh, off for four. And that's how people in world, uh, in world war two were notified of air raids. Um, it was a little late for Pearl Harbor. Um, and in fact, Pearl Harbor is probably why the U.S. has most air raid sirens to start with. Um, if you ever hear British history or, or period dramas talk about the Blitz in London, uh. I mean, London, London was bombed. Um, and it was a massive loss of life, but it probably would have been a lot worse if it weren't for air raid sirens. Mm-hmm. Um, they also used this attack, uh, the alert signal or the equivalent of their alert signal to mark for blackouts. Because, again, a lot of uh, countries during World War II practiced blackouts or blackout drills. Um, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You were required to have blackout curtains. And if you were in the middle of a drill, you would be fined if you were not in blackout. Because that one speck of light could lead the enemy to obliterate a town. But eventually, in the 1950s, World War II led into the Cold War. Um, And you saw an increase in air raid sirens placed throughout the country. 
how familiar are you with the Cold War? Not very. Okay. So the Cold War was a period of about 45, 50 years, immediately following World War II, in which everyone seemed to have nuclear arms. Um, because remember, we dropped was, nuclear arms on Japan. Was this, so, does this coincide with the, like, was it going on at the same time as the Cuban, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis? Yes. Cuban Missile Crisis was part of the Cold War. Okay. Um, and the Cold War is just sort of describes the fact that in this particular, um, it, it was, it was a war without fighting, right? So it was a lot of, if it, excuse me being vulgar, but it was a lot of country measuring contests. Um, Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, this is where you get a lot of Red Scare mentality. Um, now, forgive me, everyone. I'm not as familiar with the Cold War as I am with World War II. World War II sort of, I don't want to say my specialty because that makes me sound really creepy. But it's a t- period in time in which I'm more familiar um, a little bit more fascinating than a lot of. Um, I find it to be more fascinating. World War Two, World War Two yeah. over the Cold War. Yeah. Um, the Cold World, I think, is really the politicians' yeah. period of time. You know, um, you you find a lot of really interesting political moments happen during the Cold War, mm. even though nothing actually physically happened in terms of warfare. Um, and the Cold War ended in like 1992. Yeah. So 1947 to 1992, I believe, is the um, generally accepted. Period. I'm gonna pull up in the yeah the Wikipedia. 1991. Okay, actually, right before Holly was born. Um, I'm not a thing yet. You're not a thing yet. So the 1947 Truman Doctrine to the 1991 dissolution of the Soviet Union. Um, Like I said, no large-scale fighting between two superpowers, the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Um, But there were regional conflicts. Um, Now, this doesn't mean you've got the Suez Canal, you've got um, Cuban Missile Crisis, Chinese Civil War, the Korean War, all happened in this time period. None of those were in, in... um, chronological order um, but the gist of it is was that either of these two superpowers could have blown the other one to kingdom come um, and the US is largely seen as having won the Cold War because the Soviet Union is no longer and regardless of how you feel about all the information we're not here for that air raid sirens so in the 1950s, because of the Cold War, the U.S. renamed um, Alert to Red Alert and added its own specific all-clear, um, which is three one-minute steady blasts with two minutes of silence in between. So that's, again, that five-minute sort of tone uh, period. 1952, AT&T, yes, that AT&T, um, developed the Bell and Lights Air Raid Warning System, um, which was color-coded, but that didn't really hang out all that long because the Federal Civil Defense Administration um, renamed and recolored everything in 1955 to prep specifically for nuclear fallout situations. Um, and 
they wound up removing all clear because if nuclear fallout was if if nuclear warfare was on the horizon nuclear fallout would never really make it all clear yeah and that's how you get things like the fallout franchise um super mutants well yeah giant bugs so not to go off on a little bit of a left field but if you guys Mm -hmm. are kind of interested to see how a civilian in britain handled things like air raid sirens and things like that Mm -hmm. um i highly suggest watching the wind rises do not watch it if you are it's not graphic but it's heartbreaking Okay. Don't watch it on a bad day. Um, I actually had to watch it in high school in one of my art classes. Okay. Um, beautifully animated. Davy Bo- David Bowie did the soundtrack for it. Always love Bowie. But it's essentially about this elderly couple who hears their air raid sirens and have to go through the prep work of getting ready for essentially being bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so and fun fact about United, uh, US um, air raid sirens and, and civil defense sirens is that they tone one octave higher than those in Europe fun hmm. fact so, quick timeline as we're here. Early 1900s to pre-World War II, you have bells. Again, you're talking local um, local usage. Um, again, volunteer firefighters, maybe tornadoes in, in the Midwest, not super sure, um, into full-blown single-tone sirens in, during World War II, and dual-tone um, sirens in World War, or after World War One or two, rather, in the 1950s. So modern um, civil defense sirens vary regionally, right? Um, current federal guidelines, as per FEMA, as of 2001, kind of reverse everything you know I've said so far about air raid sirens or civil defense sirens. The attack is a three to five minute wavering tone, um, which is for active attacks including nuclear fallout. The attention or alert is a three to five minute steady tone. See, these have already been flopped. Um, and that's usually used for natural disasters, tornadoes, flash floods, um, tsunamis, that sort of thing. But it's important to point out here, and, and this might change considering climate change, there is no standard fire signal. Yeah, I feel like that should be... T- Addressed. There's no standard, and again, maybe there, there's, yes, as there's no standard fire, um, air raid, uh, civil defense signal. Um, I'm trying to read my own notes. <laughs> oh, and in the U.S., in the United States, there is no national level alert system. So those are guidelines, but there's no standard across the country, which I think is also not a good idea. 
a little little wonky, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, in the plains in Midwest and the plains, Great Plains area, the Midwest and the South, you're going to see a lot of alarms for what, Holly? Tornadoes. Tornadoes. Um, they're required to be sounded and required to be functioning within a 10 mile radius of nuclear power plants. Makes sense. In the South and the East Coast, um, they are largely for, can you guess what? Hurricanes? Hurricanes, with the exception of Texas, Florida, Maine, and New Hampshire. Not sure why. Um, They're special. No special. In Pierce City, Washington, or Pierce County, Washington, rather. In Pierce County, Washington, um, in the Puyallup and Carbon River Valleys, can you think of what's in Washington State that might require a uh, an alert siren? No. Avalanche? Nope. Landslide? Closer. What might cause a landslide? Earthquakes? Well, nope. I am running out of natural disasters. Do you remember our natural disaster episode? Vaguely. What did you talk about? don't remember okay um mount rainier oh volcanoes volcanoes and the mudslides that accompany with eruptions um and the final note before i get into playing videos for holly and all of the audio um i'm going to play for holly or with holly i will post i'll rip and post or try to rip and post for the instagram um because i think you all need to hear how terrifying some of these are too um, oh but sirens, sirens worldwide are sort of being phased out and replaced by text alerts. We're going to use technology to, you know, assist. Um, these systems are becoming too expensive to maintain um, and just so outdated that they it doesn't make sense to continue to. So a lot of civil defense sirens that you see, um, at least in other countries, are... Um, slowly but surely being phased out. So this is a couple relatively short videos um, that are EAS alarms. Um, and I've sort of ranked these, not ranked them, but I've pulled the ones right. I think are the scariest. Oh boy, tell me when to start. Um, go ahead and start that video. I'm so the US UAS U, UAS USA one is pretty standard. It's it's the one you get over your TV. Yeah. Um, Canada's a little scary. I'm still on US. Oh no. Oh no no no. Canada's a little scary. Let me know when you get to Japan. Oh, I love Japan's. Japan is very charming, but imagine hearing Australia's is scary. Um, imagine hearing Japan's when there's like a tsunami, though. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Um, Japan's actually reminds me of a ringtone. Yes. The aliens are coming. Which one? Australia. Australia, but Australia scares me too. Australia's is very unsettling. It reminds me of like. An old school sci-fi, like old Twilight Zone. 
I don't like Israel's. Israel's isn't. Israel's feels like it would be used in like an ARG. I don't like that. Uh, Saudi, I don't like... Go ahead. Saudi Arabia's is very dramatic. It's very regal. It is. Um, I don't like it, New Zealand. It, I don't like New Zealand at all either. It's very familiar to uh, Australia, though. Yes. iPhone. <gasps> oh, have you listened to Singapore's with uh, headphones on? I just did, and it does travel. I don't it's like binaural. that. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the alarm, just the caption that came along with Malaysia's mom Mom, picked me up the stairs. Yeah. I don't like Greece either. Know what I'm getting from Greece? Mm. Nazi zombies from Call of Duty. Whoops. What? My gamer's showing. <laughs> South Korea is very. It's a moment. Mm-hmm. I don't like anyone where there's actual vocalization. That, that, mm-mm. Like which one? China? China. Yeah. Denmark's. I actually wrote Denmark down, not because it's scary, but I wrote like a little smiley face next to Denmark. Because it's it's weird, man. It's weird. Like there's vocalization and just the the yeah. I like Sweden's. <laughs> it's very simple. I don't like Norway. France is a little questionable. I feel like it's a blacked out version of Jerry Springer. Yep. Why is Finland so calming? I don't know. Finland is lovely. It's pleasant. Oh, why does Greece have two? I don't know. Why does one have vocalization and the other doesn't? (laughs) Again, and these may be different alarms used for different things. Yeah. (laughs) We see you get to Germany. (laughs) I'm sorry, Germany. Germany and Italy. Italy and Germany. Man. It's party time. (laughs) <laughs> South Korea again. South Korea is... Mm. The UK and the US are pretty much... Pretty similar, yeah. Alright. I see you, Italy. I see you, Italy. I don't like Russia's. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Germany. <laughs> 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 
And India was the last one that made me, like, scared out of my mind. I don't like that. I don't like that. Oh, all right. Italy and Germany got something going. (laughs) Together? What? No. All right. Air raid sirens. Yes. So these are gonna be a little different. Um. So it starts off with Sweden. I'll link these videos in the description for this uh episode as well, you guys. So it isn't just like. Eight minutes of Holly and I talking about sirens you guys can't hear. See, I don't like air raid sirens to begin with. I don't like Canada's. No, thank you, Canada. It has a weird pitch to it. Because it's dual tone. So you've got two notes. Yeah. That are not in any sort of, um, like, harmony. Yeah. be a listen along episode <laughs> France's isn't too bad no I don't like Germany's I don't like Germany either just from this one I have Canada and Germany written down no thank you then a smiley face next to Denmark when that pops back up <laughs> La, 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 China's is kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm. Finland. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the one I was pitch matching. <laughs> yeah. UK. <laughs> UK. I feel like the UK's is more unsettling knowing what happened there. You know? Yeah. So that's what I... um. I've got, it's, I mean, they're important to know about, and they're important to understand. You're welcome. They're (laughs) important to know what you're listening to, and the purpose that it serves. But, uh, but yeah, air raid sirens are terrifying. Yeah, I don't like that. And then, when you remember what could have followed them. Yeah. You know, air raid siren, 10 minutes later, blown to smithereens. Yeah. No me gusta. Nope.
That was unsettling. Let's never do that again. <laughs> Next episode, it. just air raid sirens. Nothing but air raid sirens <laughs> for one whole hour. Oh, no. Let's not do that. What do you got? Ugh. Uncomfortable is what I got, thanks. <laughs> um, what are you talking about? Oh. Well... In the previous episode, you guys mentioned Lavender Town Syndrome. We did. And we've mentioned it briefly before. We did, but I can't remember where. I know we did. I can't remember where either. I have to adjust my microphone. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, but we never did, like, an in-depth look at it. No, we didn't. And it's really interesting so I'm going to tell you guys about Lavender Town Syndrome, the rumor behind it, and what it actually is, because it was a thing. So excited. So, you've played the first Pokemon, yeah? I have. I'm assuming 90% of our listeners have played some version of the first Pokemon, whether it be Red and Blue or... Uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, I think that was a reboot of Kanto. Or Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, which is the most recent iteration. Mm -hmm. There's always been something off about Lavender Town. Would you agree? It has no gym. There's only a Pokemon Center. And this massive tower where I think this is the only game that mentions or has an entire town based around death and acknowledging that Pokemon die. Mm -hmm. But what else makes it special is its soundtrack. It is one of the most terrifying things my six-year-old brain had ever had to process. <laughs> But when it was first released on February 27th, 1996, Nintendo of Japan released Pokemon Red and Green, Blue being a special edition released later on. In the sixth, the sixth town you reach in the game is Lavender Town. Now, this town is very unsettling. It makes you feel uncomfortable. And because of the way it was styled, it literally has the name Home of Spirits. The soundtrack is absolutely terrifying, but it was said to set something off in children, causing them to commit suicide or get gravely ill, especially if they were wearing headphones at the time. This syndrome affected kids between the ages of 7 and 12 and was only affecting young children and young teenagers because their ears were underdeveloped. And because of this tone, supposedly 200 plus children committed suicide by either hanging themselves or jumping from high buildings. Okay. Those who felt the effect and did not kill themselves had severe headaches anxiety and acted out after hearing it now 
let's look at the actual lavender town tone. No children in Japan ever killed themselves over the lavender town theme song. There is no records. There is no proof that any child committed suicide because of the sound that was coming through their Game Boy speakers. It is a myth. However, like all myths, they are based in some truth. Mm-hmm. So the original song in red and green did give some young children and teens headaches, anxiety, and a feeling of emotional discomfort. Do you know why? I know why, but why don't you tell me why? Binaural frequencies. Mm-hmm. The binaural frequencies of the original Lavender Town song, plus the strain on the speakers, would cause children to get headaches, feel nauseous, feel anxious. But what are binaural tones? And this is where it gets fun. So a binaural frequency, or binaural beats, are two tones that are played, say if you're wearing headphones, it's usually one in each ear. Mm-hmm that are slightly different in frequency. The way that your brain processes these frequencies creates a separate third beat from the difference of the two frequencies. Does that make sense? To me, it does. Yeah. Makes sense to me. The way I explained it to Ethan was basically it makes a beat that your brain can understand because it can't process two things at once. Right, so it's it's taking those two tones and creating which, one tone and creating a third tone, yeah, to make it make sense. Yep. So there are often two frequencies used very commonly with binaural frequencies. Uh, one being alpha, which is often played at between eight to thirteen hertz, um, and those are supposed to help alleviate anxiety and Uh, help with relaxation and meditation. Mm -hmm. Those in beta, which are between 14 to 30 hertz, have been linked to an increase of concentration, uh, improvement in memory, and alertness. For some, they work well in aiding in meditation, helping with studying, things like that. While for others, they create the exact opposite effect. They'll cause anxiety. They'll actually cause physical symptoms of feeling nauseous, Um, and just for a point of reference, most adults, when your ears are fully developed, uh, the range for them is between 20 Hertz to about 1500 Hertz. Mm -hmm. Um, the beginning of the original Lavender Town is played at the lower end of beta. So between 14 and 20 Hertz, which would make sense why only younger kids were being affected by it because their brains mm-hmm. aren't able to uh, they can't learn. reconcile that exactly so I have some experience with binaural frequencies and binaural beats um, I've mentioned before I'm ADHD uh, so being neurodivergent my brain's like we're going to do 8 billion things at once and in middle school I actually had a counselor that I would see often and she would actually use 
she'd have me put on the big like ear testing headphones mm-hmm. um, and she would actually use binaural beats to help me like do tests and things like that. Did it work? Eh, I honestly can't say yes or no. Um, have I listened to binaural frequencies and beats as an adult? Yes. Do they set my anxiety off? Yes. <laughs> I find them to be very anxiety inducing. Um, they just make me feel uncomfortable. They make me feel like I I have like almost electric pulses going up my arms. Um, I also like the feeling of just having wet forearms grosses me out and it's that same kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. But I also know people who use them to fall asleep. Okay. So... I actually found someone who ripped the original soundtrack of Lavender Town from Pokemon Green. And I'm going to send that to you because okay. I'm not going to be the only one to suffer this. Uh, um, okay, okay, fine. Trying to find out where it starts because this guy has an intro. Um... So the other thing I'd like to address, because this was, it was going to be part of it, and then I looked more into it, and it turned out to be a rumor. Um, So there was another part of this rumor saying that if you play the sound through a spectrograph, which is essentially programming that turns sound into visuals, you Mm -hmm. would see um, the ghost sprite before you're able to use the self-scope and identify the ghosts right um you would see that spray as well as some unknown that would spell out leave now or turn back there have been a couple different unfortunately because i thought that would be really cool but also early 90s mid 90s um it's not it's fake it's fan made um but Sometimes if you uh, use a spectrograph on certain, you have headphones on, right? I do. He <laughs> have fun. Uh-uh. Um, I'm not going to listen to it again because, like I said, it makes me feel very anxious, and I don't want that today. <laughs> I'm currently listening. I kind of figured. Like it's uncomfortable. Like that very beginning, before it actually gets into the theme. Um, but because of, but because of how this affected some kids in Japan, it was cut from the American release and it was cut from later, uh, releases of the game. Thus Pokemon Blue being released later in Japan than it was in America. But that very, very beginning start before that theme that we all know, that's Mm -hmm. what was cut. I also don't remember, and maybe this is just me not remembering the 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 deeper bone that was cut too. Yeah. Yep. They cut. Oh. Yeah. Um. But I recently watched someone on YouTube play Lavender Town in Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go mm-hmm. Pikachu. The theme in that 
is even more toned down than what we had as kids. Like, it's a little bit slower. It's gentler sounding almost. It doesn't give you that creepy vibe. This is interesting. Isn't it? You don't have to listen to the whole thing. It just repeats. Cool. You don't Um, have to listen to all five minutes of it. But it's one of those things where it's... This game came out in 96. Mm -hmm. The U.S. never heard this version until way later. So think of how how long it took for that rumor to actually hit. Right. I also think it's really interesting that this composer... I mean, this this happened completely on accident. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it happened completely on accident that this guy wasn't just. I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming um, as well. But I also think that they knew. They must have known something about these tones being unsettling at minimum. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But also think of, like, what headphones were like back in the mid-90s. They weren't these tiny things that we got now. hmm Like, they were these big, chunky things. Right. And the sound quality on those weren't that great either. No. No. So, pair that with... Neither were Game Boy speakers. No. And just to have an entire town... In a children's game that acknowledges death like that. And then have that be its theme. Right. I'm here for the death positivity. Well, absolutely. That's that's all I'm saying. But. It's weird. It is weird. It's weird. And. Like I said. A lot of people use binaural frequencies to help with meditation and studying and things like that. Mm-hmm. I personally can't listen to them. <laughs> like I feel yeah, everyone's everyone's different. I started playing it at work on my break without headphones in, and my boss thought I was crazy. <laughs> but. So that's the truth behind Lavender Town Syndrome. Nobody died. Nobody died. Nobody died. A lot of kids got headaches, though. And a lot of kids felt really anxious. But nobody died. I believe that. Um, Brief mention, because this kind of falls in Lavender Town Syndrome as well. The two removed, quote, sprites. um, The White Hand and the Buried Alive sprite that were also said to be in the original game that weren't. That also caused anxiety and kids to unalive themselves. Mm. Again, those were all fan-made. Um, they were all fan-made. It was all part of a creepy pasta, just like all of the videos for Ben Drown. Right. It, it was to aid in the popularity of the creepy pasta. Right. But yeah. Yeah. God, this is an old school, like, properly done Sister Strange episode. It was. I like it. 
It's been a minute. It has. I will try and let you know next time somebody at work goes on vacation. <laughs> but Well, that was fun. That was fun. Let's not do Air Raid Sirens ever again. Um, Again, <laughs> only Air Raid Sirens. Please and thank you. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening to hanging out with us. I'm glad Holly is back. Yay. Um, any audio, fingers crossed, will be on our Instagram post, which is at Sister Strange Podcast. If you have something you'd like to say, something you want to share with us, reach out. Sister Strange Podcast at Yahoo.com. We have a Kofi. If you are so inclined to reach out, we are Sister Strange Podcast there as well. Link for that will be in the episode description and the link tree in our bio on Instagram. Um, am I missing anything? Is there anything? I else? don't think so. I don't I'm really sad I didn't get to meet Webb. Next time. Next. There time. will be more. There will be more. Yeah. But uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.